When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Foo followers around the world. Welcome to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast with your host, Ben Johnson. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. We have a special bumper collection of prizes to give away in this month's competition. For our UK Foo followers, we have three copies of Cine Asia's latest release, Iceman the Time Traveller, up for grabs, starring Donnie Yen. And to celebrate the release of the martial arts extravaganza Triple Threat, we have three prize packs to giveaway for our North American Foo followers, courtesy of Walgo USA. The action-packed triple threat is directed by Jesse V. Johnson and it stars Eco Uace, Tony Jaa, Tiger Chen, Scott Adkins, Michael Jai White, Mike Bisping and Selena Jade. The prize packs contain a copy of the film on Blu-ray plus some mini posters. To take part in this month's competition, all you have to do is sign up to our newsletter now at kungfumovieguide.com. Head to the homepage, type in your email address when prompted, and then verify your email address to be automatically entered into our competition. Full competition details will be announced in our next newsletter, which will be released on the 26th of May. So... Become a registered Foo follower today to be in with a chance of winning those cool prizes, and good luck! Okay, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of the show, episode 39, with the producer, stunt coordinator, and fight choreographer, Sonny Sisson. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show. Here we go! Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige! Hello everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, Foo followers everywhere, welcome to the Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast. Thank you so much for checking in and listening to this episode of the show, episode 39. We have Sonny Sisson coming up on the show today, the Filipino-American producer, fight choreographer and stunt coordinator. His latest film is called Maria. It is out now on Netflix. Maria is a Filipino martial arts action movie directed by Padring Lopez and it stars Christine Reyes. It's the second time that Sonny has worked with Padring since he relocated full-time to Manila a few years ago, which is where he has been working hard in the local film industry out there to help promote the Filipino martial arts systems through his fight choreography. And Maria is full of great examples of uh, Filipino martial arts in action, as was the 2018 film By Bust, which uh, Sonny also worked on. By Bust did divide opinion, but personally it was one of my favourite martial arts films from last year. It's directed by Eric Matty and it stars Anne Curtis. I think By Bust is still available on Netflix. I haven't actually checked that, but uh, worth uh, a look if you haven't seen it already. Reviews of both By Bust and Maria – 
can be found on our website kungfumovieguide.com this was great to be able to spend some time chatting to Sunny in noisy Manila uh, this was um, recorded in March of this year 2019 and you will notice that there's quite a bit of background noise on this recording car horns and uh, that sort of thing so I hope that's not too distracting we discussed his expertise as a martial artist and a fight trainer to the stars and the challenges of making films in the Philippines particularly when compared to working in Hollywood which is where Sonny has decades of experience he first started out on the Power Rangers TV show uh, which we do talk a bit about that and he was involved in a lot of the promotional world tours that went on and he was also a professional dancer for a while he's been a stunt performer on some really big Hollywood movies like The Rundown starring The Rock Olympus Has Fallen, Godzilla just to name a few. He's done a lot of stuff over the years and it really was uh, great to be able to spend a bit of time talking to him over the internet. So that is coming up shortly on the show. A tiny bit of business first before we move into that. We are still looking for contributors to the website, particularly in helping to bulk up our database of reviews. So if you do have a passion for film and specifically martial arts movies, then we would very much like to hear from you. Register your interest in writing for the Kung Fu Movie Guide by sending us a sample review of your favourite martial arts film to hello at kungfumovieguide.com. A big thank you to everyone who has done this already and submitted reviews and got in touch with us. We may not reply to everyone, but your email will definitely be read. That is also the same email address if you want to send any correspondence regarding the website itself or indeed this podcast. Whatever it is, drop us an email. We do love to hear from you. We are also on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter if you want to get in touch with us over social media. And one final favour, if you do like the show and you're enjoying what we're doing here please do leave us a star rating or write a review with your podcast provider. That would be very much appreciated. We are available, of course, at all the usual podcast places, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever it is, you should be able to find us. And please do make sure that you subscribe to the show. That way you will never miss a new episode. I noticed also that it is that time of year when I ask people to log on to the British Podcast Awards, find the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast and give us a vote if you are enjoying the show. It's usually won by uh, Simon Mayo and Mark Kermode's uh, podcast, but... Uh, who knows, maybe it's time for a martial arts movie-themed upset this year. Uh, if you are enjoying the show and you do want to cast your vote for us in the British Podcast Awards, all you have to do is head to britishpodcastawards.com. Okay, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I'll be back at the end to do my usual sign-off thing. In the meantime, I will hand over now to my conversation with the producer, martial artist, fight choreographer and stunt coordinator, Sonny Sisson. Are you doing a lot of publicity for Maria at the moment? You've obviously seen it already. I have, yes. Yeah? 
Yeah? Are you pleased? Are you happy with it? Truthfully, for myself, yeah. <laughs> I always look at my work and I can go, could be better. <laughs> right, right. But uh, for, for, um, for locally made production, it doesn't have that uh, – it certainly can compete with the international market. So it doesn't feel it doesn't feel cheap, yeah. And uh, I believe that it's comparable to, you know, other action genres out there of the same type of feel. Sure. Um, just on my side, I always feel like it can be better. And I guess you're always at the mercy of the directors that you're that you're working with, and the, and the editors as well. I'm just I'm just wondering, as a fight choreographer, how much say do you actually have? You know, in the post-production, can you get involved in the, in that side of things, or, or or do you sort of stay out of that? Absolutely, actually, yeah. part of my requirements in being hired for projects, particularly here in this country, is that I have to be there to help edit. Right. For the most part, the the editors here, well, the ones that I've worked with, but on By Bus and Maria, are well enough educated to know how to piece it together. But at the end of the day, I will sit in with them and tell them what I think may be better options. I take what the directors want, working off of primarily their storyboards. Yeah. So I fill in the gaps as well as uh, make suggestions on what I think can highlight certain things better. Mm. And um, fortunately, the directors, uh, I'm going to address both Eric Monte and Pedring, have given me practically free reign on what that action will be so long as it's in the scope of what they also envision it to be. Mm. So um, am I at their mercy? Um, not necessarily. I think it's it's still a very collaborative effort, but they are the captain of the ship, so I have to deliver what they want. Yeah, yeah. And someone like Pedring, you've worked with him in the past. You know his uh, sense of uh, style, and I guess you you have that sort of shared vision. You know, long before the cameras are rolling, you you sort of know how each other work. I guess with Pedring, he gives a specific feel for what he's looking for. Yeah, it's important that for how he sees the flow not just with the action, but of the story itself, that the fights or action that will be determined have to be supportive of the story. So I just can't choreograph anything that I feel is unnecessarily um, gratuitous. Yeah. So it has to be within the scope of what the characters are doing uh, and, and what the story is about. Mm. So with the drink, it's like he'll tell me, okay, this is the feel I'm going for. Or he might reference a peg from another movie. So, you know, at least then I understand what he wants visually, where I'm trying to maybe have the same feel, but I I do my best not to copy. And that, that must be, you know, because I talk to a lot of like fight choreographers and it must be the eternal challenge is how the heck do you come up with something new and original in fight choreography? Surely... Every possible combination, you know, has already been filmed or, or, or not. I mean, how do you how do you find that? At the end of the day, as a real martial arts practitioner, I try to find the balance between what I feel is realistic and um, cinematic. Mm. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. There, there's so much fight choreography out there and so many creative people out there that at the end of the day, it's how it's filmed and how it's edited that I believe what makes it 
more creative and more innovative. Mr. Chen, don't worry. I'll fix them. No problem. Hollywood, of course, and, and other international movies have used Filipino martial arts without giving credit or saying that it's Filipino martial arts, sure. unless it's talked about in you know, behind the scenes or bonus footage. Yeah. So as far as a true Filipino martial arts movie, there isn't one yet, but that's definitely on my plate that I'm writing as a script and then I will fully direct. Right. That's on the cards then, is it, Sonny? It is. It's on my plate, but uh, that plate's full for the year, so yeah. I'm looking to maybe do it uh, first or second quarter 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Ong Bak really promoted Mai Tai. The Raid films did so much for Silats. There's that jailbreak movie for Bokator. It seems to be a real uh, great time at the moment for sort of Southeast Asian countries really promoting their native martial arts. I'm just wondering, yeah, the Philippines has such a long history and great heritage of, of martial arts. Do you feel a responsibility then in your fight choreography to really, you know, pr promote the Filipino martial arts? You know, you, you hit the nail right on the head because that's what ultimately kept me here in the country. With the raid coming out and Ombak coming out, exactly as you said, I said these countries are showing their native arts. Why? Where's the Philippines in this? Yeah. And that, that struck a nerve that, that something internally in me, also being a Filipino-American, that bothered me that coming to the Philippines – and seeing local action films from the 90s up to this point where the genre really hasn't been strong until until recently that they were doing kung fu and yeah. i was like we are not we are not a kung fu country unless you're down in the south you know that that does silat and kung tao blend you know from chinese influence mm. but as far as what they're doing they're just copying what they see coming out in, in international films. Mm. So I thought that we really needed to push uh, our own indigenous arts. There's a certain cultural pride about it, certainly, that, that I feel is important that other people recognize that this is a very valid fighting form of martial arts and it has very cinematic adaptabilities. Yeah, I was going to say that. Do you think then that there is something particularly cinematic about the Filipino martial arts? In the context of the blade work and the stick work, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know who ran with it back in the day was, uh, well, naturally, if you go back as far as Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee did his homage to uh, the long-range fighting style of Kali down in the dungeons with yeah. the two He's got the Kali batons. sticks, hasn't he? Yeah. Yes, right? But see, no one knows that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the general layperson doesn't recognize that as or knowing that as Filipino martial arts. But that's something that Guru Dan and Asanto taught yeah. him. So yeah. he put it in there. Right. And then um, there's an actor here who passed away some years ago who did two follow up movies of his own that featured Filipino mar martial arts specifically. And that that actor was named was uh, Roland Dantes. Yeah. And then, as I understand it. Uh, another action um, actor named Lito Lapid did that in the mid-80s. Then Robin Padilla uh, did that in the 90s. But they weren't full-out Filipino martial art uh, Filipino mar martial art movies. They would just maybe incorporated some stuff into it. Mm. So 
the one movie that I wanted to reference was uh, Jeff Speakman, The Perfect Weapon. Yeah. For those who don't know, Kempo uh, originated in Hawaii. And um, Speakman himself is a student of uh, Grandmaster Ed Parker, who is also Guru Dan Inosanto's yeah. teacher, who told Dan... Go study your own stuff. The action for Maria, would you say that um, you know this is a good movie, that's a good platform for, for showing off that, that style? Ab- absolutely. As a matter of fact, we were specific on one of the characters that Fiend um, Race fights. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lee is also a rival um, assassin. Yeah. And we said that she should use the Pali song, the butterfly knife, and that is... That is specifically Filipino. Yeah. So while Christine uh, uses the karambit, which of course comes through Indonesia and the Silat uh, lineage, uh, the the ice pick grip, if you will, is absolutely something that blends perfectly with Filipino empty hands and blade work. It's the butterfly style. In the theaters here... uh, Unfortunately, the local movies often will be uh, taken out one one to three days after it's been put in, even though it's supposed to have been, you know, a two week run. And it's the theater owners who decide what they'll pull out and what they'll put back in based on how much money it makes. So they'd rather go with a a, a big Hollywood production action movie that they know that people are going to pay for. Yeah, because I do believe that. The the content or action genre has been um, made here in the country is still behind in terms of catching up with the rest of the world. Mm. So the Filipino audiences, when they do see an international movie and then they compare it to a locally made movie, they don't think that the quality is as strong. Bybus was a hit locally, wasn't it? I mean, it certainly. I mean, it got it, it got uh, good distribution over here. You can watch it on on Netflix now. It had an initial run, and then I forget how what length of, of run it was, but uh, it, after its run, it got another re-release due to popular demand. Yeah. Uh, so I think that, that speaks highly of, of what the movie's accomplished. Um, it also has a, a, a lot to do with the lead actress, Ann Curtis, in yeah. that she's a very popular person here, and uh, in her case, both her and, you know, in her role for Bybust and Christine Reyes for her role in Maria, these are both actors who are doing their first action movie. Mm. And to to be able to have done what they have done uh, for the first time out, I, I, I'm really happy to see their level of commitment to making sure that they do a good job. It's such an intense movie, that, isn't it, By Bust? I really enjoyed By Bust. It's a grueling watch, but was it quite a grueling shoot as well, <laughs> as well, that, that movie? It, it was. Yeah. It really was. You know, it was slated to shoot a certain number of days, and because of the intensity of the action that Eric wanted to um, be filmed, he really, I believe that he really fought tooth and nail to make sure that we weren't rushed through days where we had to either cheat choreography or or cut or condense things that I felt were necessary to tell a fight. Yeah. And I really believe that Eric achieved what he wanted to do. Yeah. Yes, that I even I felt that the action was was way too much. But the feeling of 
what happens toward the end is that you as an audience member are watching you feel just exhausted yeah and i think he wanted he wanted the audience to feel what the character went through also yeah it's kind of overwhelming in a sense but then you kind of when the film ends and it's got such a it's such a bleak ending but you know you needed that level of the intensity of the violence to sort of show this portrayal of you know a society crumbling essentially you know there's no good guys there's no bad guys in in that movie it seems like even the cops are just as bad as the criminals and then you've got these poor people who are living in this situation and then they're involved in the fight as well and it's a real it's quite a powerful movie i thought would you would you agree with that you know i i i would um the reason i believe it is what it is because eric is a very educated filmmaker Mm. and um he's a very smart filmmaker what what caught my attention before even working on by bus was when he did uh on the job on the job yeah Uh, i i watched that back in 2013 and what intrigued me was his storytelling yeah so you know, I kind of had it in my mind. I told myself I'm going to work with this director someday. I, I don't know when it's going to happen. And, you know, within the span of uh, three, four years, I was I was on 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 the movie with him. So yeah. it works. The movie works because Eric is an intelligent filmmaker. Yeah. And while while the times while the social times and political times of the country might reflect in what's happening in the movie. He already created that story even before yeah. the current state of what the country is in. Yeah. So it it happens to maybe foretell and then reflect at the same time what's currently going on. Is he someone you'd like to work, work with again? Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime Eric would say, can I do something with you? I, I would consider it. If, if time allows, absolutely I would. <laughs> I want that medal or I'll take your life. Maria Azawa, Anne Curtis, and now Christine Rees. These are people who aren't fighters, you know, they come from quite uh, different backgrounds. Is that easier for you to work with someone who essentially you're starting from a blank canvas there? Or, you know, would you much rather have, you know, Donnie Yen in your film? <laughs> you know, someone who's like, you know, got the, got the pedigree there, you're starting from such an advanced point there. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, when I watch uh, a non-martial arts action movie, for example, um, I look at what the individual actor brings to the table. And ultimately, I think for, you know, this is movie making that you got to be able to bring the acting chops mm-hmm. because you, want, you can be skilled as a martial artist and pull off the punches and kicks can you emote properly? Can you can you act when, when the acting is needed to be done? And something that I tell actors and stunt people when they are doing fight, fight choreography, I said, don't think of this as fight choreography. You know, you have to put yourself in the situation where you may be performing the moves, but what's the intent? What's the emotion that you're going through when you're doing this? Mm. Fight choreography just doesn't mean that you're always angry. You know what I mean? That's why it's a necessity on my end to demand that a production who wants me to work with them give me the time to train the actors at at least to what they need to know and then give me the time to rehearse with them wherein most of the action here 
is often created on the spot, on the set, mm. which to me takes away time that you could be filming. That's sort of the system that has been inherited, I guess, from, you know, Hollywood, where they, they do have that time to really, you know, work on the previs, get the choreography down. So you're rocking up to set and you've got all your shots sort of covered. Do you have that luxury on, on some of these movies that, that you're making? You know, what you mentioned is exactly what my experience is, because having worked in, in L.A. And, and other productions around the U.S., um, that is what my background is. That is my experience yeah. that I'm trying to get people here and productions here to understand our necessity as to why the quality of those movies are successful. Mm. And again, it, it comes down to budget. Do they have time to train? What are the actors' schedules? Uh, there, there are so many elements involved that if I don't have the proper time to rehearse them or proper time to train them, I'm also experienced with working on productions that you do have to create on the spot. Yeah. From other movies that I've worked on as a stunt performer myself. Was Christine, was she good to, to work with? Was she, you know, in rehearsals beforehand, training, training pretty hard for this movie? She has a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. Sure. So, Is she mar um, she's married before, to like a MMA I think, yeah. I think he's an MMA. I think he's an MMA guy. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if she received his her training from him. Sure. I do know that he's trained with another guy who is both a BJJ practitioner and a Filipino martial arts practitioner. So yeah. she might have picked up stuff in prior. But specific to what we needed in this movie, I did need the trainer um, for the hand to hand stuff and weapons mm. training. And what I liked about Christine was it, initially I found her a bit kind of melancholy because I was trying to feel her out and yeah. I didn't know if she was fully uh, committed to what the character was like. So I did pull her aside uh, at one point during the training and I said, you know, this is not stuff that you can just learn when you come to see me. You need to take this home and do your homework. Yeah. You, know? you need to watch action movies and, and if you can't find the the motivation within yourself to figure out what you want to do as a character emulate what you see in other characters in other movies that you that you like one yeah. one thing that you know, for example if i might say check out linda hamilton mm. in the second term look what she did you know mm. and i think i think that hit home with christine because when she came back to training it was a different mindset and i think that after the first action scene that we shot and she was able to see playbacks, it, it really hit her at that point to, to know that she had to be 100%. Have you ever had a situation, though, Sonny, where, you know, you've, you've had to come up against an actor who just doesn't want to play ball, <laughs> you know? And if you've been in that situation, like, what, how, do you, how do you deal with something like that? Well, um, again, I think I, I certainly have come across that. Yeah. With uh, one actor who I won't, name yeah. but he, he he how do i say this he felt that he already was prepared and and well versed enough to do it whatever it was i asked of him yeah. so again it's not me stroking my ego or me stroking his but but what do we both contribute to making the movie successful mm. and that goes back to if i come up with a certain move that i thought fit the choreography and if he wasn't comfortable with it then let's adjust it to what what you need to do i thought you did a great job with Anne curtis by the way there's a one take fight scene there where that's a very 
long sequence of, of moves there. I don't know if there's any trickery involved in any of the editing, but it certainly looks like a, you know, a full um, one take shot. I'll tell you something about that shot. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of people don't know this about Anne outside of the Philippines or even here in in, in the country. She is also a co-host of a popular TV show. Yeah. So she shoots that in the daytime and then she comes to set at night. Wow. So the level of commitment that Anne gave to Bybus is something that I hope other actors emulate, uh, other local actors emulate in showing her tenacity, her endurance, um, doing what it was, whatever was necessary. And she never complained. Mm. Never, never, never once complained. Mm. Um, that one take was grueling because, you know, our, our goal was to make it a true one take. Yeah. Even in pre-production when we were talking about it, uh, there were several departments saying how difficult the shot was. And uh, even I, I said that there's safety issues here because we're fighting on rooftops and it's raining and yeah. that's dangerous in and of itself. Yeah. But Eric said... And I think this is what lit the fire under everybody's butt. He said, we're making so many excuses as to why this won't work. What can we do to make it work? And that put everybody's thinking cap on. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that, that Eric was very um, frank in, in, in what he wanted to achieve. And, and everybody rose up to the challenge. My superior kung fu will finish you off. You were born in the States. I was born in the Philippines and raised in the States. So when did you move to the States then? Uh, 1970, 71, I moved to Hawaii. I kind of divide up my life into three parts. Yeah. My childhood years in Hawaii, yeah. my teen years in San Diego, and then my adult years in Los Angeles. What a beautiful place to grow up. I mean, Hawaii is like absolute paradise. That was, was that... I, yeah. I don't take away my passion for the beach yeah. and I am not a cold weather person. So <laughs> yes, I'm happy where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. Can you remember what your first entry point was, I guess, into discovering a passion for the martial arts? Well, it was TV and movies. Certainly that was my first influence. Yeah. And of course, as most people would, would, would happily say Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, I was growing up at a time when, uh, you know, you could see these, um, Asian movies, maybe particularly because it's Hawaii yeah. and it's it's heavily Asian populated, that they showed uh, these kung fu movies in the drive-in theaters. So I saw Five Fingers of Death when it right. came out. I saw Enter the Dragon when it came out. I saw Big Boss when it came out, um, as well as uh, a Japanese um, channel in Hawaii that showed all these superhero fighting characters, live action fighting characters that use martial arts. Hmm. So as far as I can remember, you know, doing photos or taking pictures, I was always striking a pose. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was always doing some kind of martial arts pose. Yeah. So my first foray actually into martial arts was in 1975 when my father was uh, stationed in back in the Philippines. So we moved back to the Philippines and I took up Shorinru Okinawan Karate. Right. So that was my first official uh, martial arts training. 
And that stuck with me for, for a long time. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And it wasn't until I moved to LA that um and, and got first got into the entertainment industry. That I met Mark DeCoscos. Yeah. Uh, we were both working at Universal Studios where they had a Conan stunt show. And uh, of course, I knew about his father reading Inside Kung Fu, Inside Karate, Black Belt Magazine, all this stuff. But I didn't know about Mark himself. So he took me under his wing in many respects. Um, he was relatively just beginning his. Um, acting career as well yeah this is so that's early 90s isn't it early 90s yeah early 90s yes so of course i was still also going to university at the time and i had no intention of actually getting into the entertainment industry this was just a part-time job for me you were studying so you were at university what was your career looking like i was uh an art major yeah. i thought that i would be doing commercial illustration yeah. At the most, if I was entertainment related, it would be like doing movie posters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I found that uh, while I did okay as an art major, um, I found that it was more of a hobby than a passion. In the meantime, uh, as I was continuing to work at Universal, both in the role uh, of young Conan and then a secondary character, which I come out to fight again, it was the blend of both acting and stunts and martial arts. So I was getting the, the best of all the worlds in, in one role. Hmm. And while doing that, uh, I remember one night we were having like rehearsals on stage and I was just kind of clowning around because I have like a street dance background. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a popping, locking and, you know, break dancing kind of nice. guy. Yeah. And uh, one of my co-workers said, you know, you move well. Why don't you look for a, a dance agent. I said, I'm a street dancer. There's no kind of work for me. We're right. doing that. And she said, actually, you know, uh, Paula Abdul is combining technical dance with street dancing. So uh, on her recommendation, I found a dance agent and um, I kind of, I, I was pretty successful in such a short run. Yeah. I remember I found that dance agent in 1992 and uh, one of my first big auditions was for Michael Jackson. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you did you? Yeah, you met, did you meet Michael Jackson? You worked for Michael Jackson? I did, I did. So '92 is when I auditioned for him, but that was for replacing one of his dancers. And then 
1994, I actually ended up booking a gig with Michael where we shot his history short film in Budapest. So really? right place, right time, right skill. Yeah. I, I, here, let me make one thing perfectly clear. I don't believe I'm the most, I'm the most talented person out there. There are, are way more creative people than me. But what I do know is that I'm a good performer yeah. and I'm a good teacher. It's, it's a matter of having the ability to communicate properly. Um, whether that be words or through physical movement. It's impossible. How can you last this long? <laughs> Don't you know? We're horse trainers. Okay, so it's the early nineties. You do. You've got. You've got a dance agent. Your mates with Mark Dacascos. You must have started to see the success, particularly that Mark was getting into in in the movies. His career is taking off. Were you like, oh, I, I want a piece of that? That's that's where I want to be going. I want to be, <laughs> you know, in the starring roles, you know, doing that kind of thing. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, you know, I have to say that I, I was envious of some of my peers, whether they were in the acting world, dance world, or the stunt world. And that they focused really on those and those specific areas of entertainment where I was kind of bouncing around everywhere and I didn't have the focus that they had. Hmm. But, you know, we, we all take different paths. And what I come to realize is that all these things that I've learned in these various positions of performing are the skills necessary to become a good producer. Yeah. Because end of the day it's about the team that you assemble and trusting in the skill of what each person brings to that position if you don't know what that position entails how would you know you're going to have the right person it's all preparation i guess for for eventually making that step up to directing your your own movies which you know that's that's it's good to hear you say that that is you know something on the cards i would have to assemble a, a really good team in order to execute what i envision for this martial arts movie that I'd love to do. Yeah. Um, my only hesitation in labeling it a martial arts movie is that it automatically sometimes gets stereotyped into what people expect it to be. Mm. So I'm, I'm extremely story-driven that, again, the action has to support the story. But, of course, I want to showcase what uh, you know the martial art is about. But at the end of the day... If I have not created a story that makes the audience feel vested in any of these characters, then the action means nothing. Do you think that the the label of a martial arts movie can be a bit of a curse then sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it can. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, uh, inevitably, By Bus was constantly being compared to The Raid. Yeah. And difference between that and this is that Iko Uwais is a martial artist and Curtis is not yeah. so she acted her role you know what I mean Yeah. so to me that becomes an action movie yes there are martial arts elements but is it an, a martial art movie absolutely not it's not your movies are very much grounded in a certain realism. I just wonder what's your take then on you know, certain martial arts movies which maybe don't take that approach uh, it depends on context. Again, yeah. what is that? What is the story of that movie? Uh, understand where that movie was produced. Yeah. So, um, in terms of long drawn out fight choreography, if that is going to be the case, then 
my feeling in the in the sense of adding the realism is that moves start to get sloppy. Mm. They should be tired. You know, I, I I don't like this is just me personally. Yeah. I don't like moves uh, where you know uh, opponents are fighting each other and they blocked every single move after a hundred moves because then to me that diminishes the impact of what these moves mean and it becomes movement for movement's sake yeah just because it looks cool you know what i mean and yeah. and maybe the message is to show how skilled they are in doing what they do but uh again when when it comes to fight choreography for a personal taste i like to see that people do get hit i i like to see that people do get tired yeah and that adds into a human element of me as a viewer getting more interested in to see how this person is going to be victorious what did you make of the john wick um thing that, that jj perry did with with those movies were you uh, you, you a fan of that that style of action i love it. i love it yeah i love it yeah um it's it, of course it's uh not to take away from anything that uh Chad Stahelski has done, yeah. But these 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 genre movies are typically following a particular formula. But what what sets Wick apart from that stuff is, you know, Keanu takes on the responsibility of really being able to do what his character requires of him to do. Yeah. So seeing him perform it himself was very impressive in in his commitment to. To his role, and then the way it's shot, to me, is again the creative part of what sets it apart from being a a knockoff of, say, Hard Target, or yeah. or or the Killer, yeah. or you know, any kind of John Woo movie. But certainly, I would bet that there are heavy influences on 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 Chad. Yeah, uh, Keanu's fight with uh, Common was Fantastic. phenomenal. I love so it. good, really, yeah. really, really good, really yeah. good. And you know, I was inspired by that uh, in many ways to see what I can be creative in, in anything that I am involved with, and not to not to take away from you know the topic because it is certainly a uh, part of it. But I'm so happy that Mark will be in John Wick Three yeah. because I've been telling people for years you guys have been sleeping on Mark. The guy has not been able to cut loose since he did Drive. Yeah. You know, that was yeah, what a uh, great movie that was. Seven, right? Yeah. I tell you, I tell you what, um, Mark and I will will chat from time to time, uh, as as his schedule allows, and I would love to produce a sequel to Drive if I yeah. could secure the rights. It was so ahead of its time in many ways in in in, a, in an American martial arts movie, and you're right, the choreography, everything about that film was great. I don't quite know what what happened with it. Mark is obviously very proud of that movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, I think if I was to guess at what happened, it probably was the inexperience of the producers in securing the proper distribution yeah. deal. Yeah. Because what I, from what I understand, it showed at the Toronto Film Fest and actually was received better than Drunken Master 2. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I had heard. <laughs> So you are one of the ten disciples of Shaolin. You appear to be strong. Too bad. You're going to die. You touched on Drive there, because that was Alpha Stunts. That's the same people who behind the uh, Power Rangers. It is right. And uh, 
I have to say Koichi Sakamoto is one of my mentors. Yeah. I yeah. worked on, on Power Rangers for many years and seeing what they did was was a childhood dream to me because Power Rangers is based on a Japanese TV series called Sentai Rangers. Mm. So the very first group of Power Rangers, which was called the Five Rangers in English, Gorenja in Japanese was something that I grew up watching. Yeah. So when the Japanese guys came over and started doing stunts along with American stunts, they were surprised that I knew everything about it already. Right. You toured with Power Rangers as well, is that is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I worked initially starting on the TV show yeah. as a stunt performer, and um, it was in its heyday. I think second season Mighty Morphin, 1993, I yeah. believe. 92 or 93. The TV show started to do a lot of promotional appearances yeah. all around the country in promoting the show. Um, and it started to conflict with um, the shooting schedule and when these performers can go out and do these things. So I had been asked to be a regular on, this, on the TV show, but I didn't want to feel locked in because mm-hmm. I was still going out for dance auditions and acting roles and other stunt gigs. So not being a weekly hire, I could come on as a daily performer as they needed. So the chance to work on this tour gave me such a, a fabulous experience to see the world. And also just to see up close like what that show meant to people as well. It was such a um, popular show in its heyday, wasn't it? And very, very inspirational. You must have learned so much during it that, was, that time. It, it, it was my film school. Yeah, yeah. It was my film school. Um, you know, uh, uh, the, the coordinator at the time who brought me on the show was, uh, partners with Koichi at the time, Jeff Pruitt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I, as I said earlier, right place, right time. Yeah. And Jeff asked to, asked me to come to work on the show. So I watched Jeff and how he worked and then Koichi took over and I watched how Koichi worked and how the Japanese stunt guys work. Um, you know, and, and we as Americans learned that style of fighting. Um, wherein it, it emulated uh, Hong Kong action in many respects. And that was the opportunity for me to see how the importance of teamwork matters in, in creating fights on the spot. And then you went from Power Rangers and then working more into big budget movies. I know you were in, you worked with The Rock, I think, on The Rundown. Uh, which mm-hmm. that's called Welcome to the Jungle uh, here. There's lots of other really big titles over the years. I noticed Olympus Has Fallen is in there, The Green Hornet, you worked on The Shield, Buffy, of course. During that time, what are you picking up on those sets? It must have been so different to how fluid and agile you had to be on Power Rangers in working in television, and then suddenly you're in these, you know, appearing in these you know, huge monster budget Hollywood movies. Uh, what what well, did you I learn think, uh, on that? The, the ranger stuff was was grueling work it, yeah. it you know the one thing that a lot of people don't understand about the entertainment industry who are outsiders looking in they think it's glamorous yeah. but it it really is hard work it's yeah. a grind you know you, you work hard uh, you do and can sustain injuries so the skills that you have to bring to the table are necessary in your own safety yet being able to deliver the kind of um, action that, that people demand. So transitioning to these big movie productions was actually 
somewhat easier yeah. per se because you didn't have this you know sun up sun down grind where you know in a bigger budget movie there are of course higher expectations of execution mm. but you know you do have a longer time to develop and rehearse uh things so when you do get the set you don't have to improvise as much and then there's a period there where you move into producing you sort of stepped away more from the from the stunt world and then started to learn about the mechanics and what goes on behind the scenes i did yeah from 2004 to 2007 yeah uh, I, I partnered up with a woman from hong kong who had the financing to um want to do her own projects as well as uh, co-produce with others so i took that upon myself while learning through an entertainment attorney who also um would teach me the business side of it yeah. the necessity of all the elements required to learn how to produce but ultimately as far as you know my my involvement in entertainment i will move away from being a stunt action director to uh producing yeah and do you feel now since you've moved to uh, manila and the, the philippines that those opportunities have broadened for you coming to the philippines what i bring with me is the experience of having worked in hollywood having worked on both tv shows and films and trying to establish the same standards here yeah that's challenging is it <laughs> it, it yeah it is yeah. because yeah. you know there's the old guard and they they've been successful at what they've done for many years that it's it's hard for them to change and which is why my focus shifted from trying to help the economy locally mm. to just focusing on on movies that will go international because my belief is that once they see you know a, a movie a local movie produced that is successful internationally not just in accolades but also in, in monetary profits then they'll follow suit Can I ask just about uh, a bit about Iron Fist as well? Because I know you worked as a stuntman on on a couple of episodes of that. Mm -hmm. What was your experience like on on that uh, show in in particular? And do do you have any reason as to, you know, maybe why that didn't didn't land so well? I think that, um, well, well, first off, let me give credit to uh, the show stunt coordinator, Brett Chan. Yeah. Brett is an extremely um, capable stunt coordinator. As a matter of fact, he was a stunt coordinator of Mar- the Marco Polo series on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So if you can look at the action on what was done on Netflix uh, or Marco Polo and then compare it to what was done in Iron Fist, then it certainly can't just come from the stunt department. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, from what I understand, uh, the stunt department was required to turn in previs previsualizations of the fights to production. Now, whether or not production followed those previs, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, that that's the result of what you see. Yeah. So, uh, I think also just just in terms of uh, the lead actor's time, I don't know if he necessarily had the time or if he had other commitments that prevented him from training more. Yeah. But I do know, for example, that uh, Jessica uh, Henwick uh, did come and train with the stunt group as often as she could when I saw it, when I was there working on the episodes. 
So mm-hmm. as far as uh, what Finn himself could have done, I, I I can't comment on that because I didn't see it yeah. or didn't or yeah. I wasn't there if he did. It seems bizarre that such a, that they wouldn't put aside time or at least look at the previs on something that was so martial arts focused. <laughs> you know that it seems like been. yeah. Should have been. You know, and and I think I think this is a necessity. Also, I yeah. don't know if this is the case because I don't know the directors of each of those episodes individually yeah. or, or their work per se. But it certainly helps to have directors who come from an action background. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. uh, that that has been my experience of working on, you know, films here where the directors. Uh, don't necessarily have that background and then trust upon the stunt director or action director to create that for them. Mm. So while they may have certain visions of how things should be played out, cut or edited themselves, I think that the better the person is educated or experienced in that particular genre, then then the result of what you're going to see is also going to be reflected. And some directors, I guess, have just got to put their hands up at some point and be like, look, you know, I can't, I haven't done the fight stuff that isn't my background. I'll hand over to someone like yourself, Sonny, you know, and take your lead on something like that. Because that's why you're hired at the end of the day. Yeah, I think in in some respects that's true. Um, But I I can't say again that that lies solely on the action director's shoulders because at the end of the day, we we still have the, the captain to answer to. Yeah. So if we are given that freedom or the responsibility to do that and they trust that we can deliver on what they want, then I think it's going to be more effective in the long term and short term. Um, if not, then there at least should be a, an agreement on how it's going to look when when things are shot and sit down together and, and look at the edit together. You're taking steps in the Philippines, I've noticed, to try and nurture new talent. I know you run your own stunt workshops and sort of fight schools, fight training, that kind of thing. Have you noticed since you've been out there then that, you know, training that, that next generation or getting more people involved in the, in the stunt community over there, that that's been a, a you face that challenge then when you're, when you're filming out there. There's just not enough people out there doing this. Uh, you know, there are a lot of stunt groups here. Yeah. And um, as I mentioned earlier, in the way that films are made, they they have kind of this retro feel, 80s, 90s feel. Yeah. Where that's the success of what they knew uh, back then that they're still trying to apply to that formula in the current day. My challenge is to try to get, uh, at least with the core group of people that I work with, caught up with what I know. And what I continue to learn as I go back to the States and work on projects and see what's the new advances and this and that. But um, again, it's, it's to no fault of their own that this is what is dictated by the industry here. Uh, I think by bust was something that maybe a lot of them were thinking it's just a fluke mm. that this one off, you know, that I don't have to upgrade my skills. Um, generally speaking. Um, but Maria, again, I think it's going to be very successful that people will have no choice but to to, to update their skills in order to compete, especially yeah. for something that I might be helming in that if people have been with me for several projects through the past years that I've been here, then they know how I work and they'll know what I expect of them to do because I don't have the time to teach them on the set. Mm. 
You know, I can't tell you how to fall and then point out the things that you're doing wrong because that's going to take away from the time when we need to shoot take after take after take i mean just talking about shooting schedules there i mean that's that's the other thing people probably just don't realize is that you know they'll compare a film like by bus to say like the raid or the raid 2 or whatever and those films you know they're they shoot for months like six months i think was like the raid on the raid 2 was so glad you mentioned that yeah i am really you mentioned that because at the end of the day our total shooting schedule for what we did for by bus was 50, uh, 54, 56 days, something like yeah, that, compared yeah. to the raid, which had months and, yeah. and would have a month just to shoot one fight. Yeah. If I could have that time, oh my God, please yeah. let me have that Well, we, we have this, because uh, Scott Adkins uh, in the UK here, his shooting schedules are ridiculous. I think Accident Man was 22 days, maybe. Uh, and that, then when that you... is a typical Filipino movie. Yeah. 25 yeah. days or less. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and to be fair to what they accomplish in those days is actually quite remarkable. But people then watch a film like that and they'll just directly compare it to, you know, like an on back or whatever. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's not comparable, is it really? No, that's tough. And, mm. But see, that's the challenge that you have to deal with for those uh, not in the know, you know, as an outsider um, looking at, at the final product, you don't know what it took to, to get that yeah. done. Uh, and that's not. That's not to say that that's a fault of theirs, but at the end of the day, it's it's a movie that they're watching, and yeah. the quality can certainly reflect in that. Yeah. That's not to say that longer a, a movie shoots that it's going to be better. Yeah. But yeah. for the most part, if you have that kind of budget, then at least you can try to uh, you can you can use the best takes of everything that you got, rather than okay, we no longer have time to shoot this. We just have to work with what we already shot. Sonny, I'll uh, I'll wrap it up there. I can hear the horns of uh, Manila in the backgrounds there. It must be it's yeah. it's um it must be quite an exciting. I've never been to Manila myself, but uh, it must be quite an exciting place to to live. I'd imagine. He, uh, never a dull moment in Manila. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I I need to see more of the country because there's so many other places I'd like to visit. Yeah. And you would actually feel comfortable here. There's so many Brits over here. Oh really. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Best of luck with with Maria. I mean, uh, have you got early reviews in at the moment? I mean, is the you know not the, yet? Not yet. And yet, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. Co-producers, uh, Viva Viva Films, yeah. Viva Entertainment's co-producing. Yeah. And they're saying this is the benchmark, you know, right. uh, for action movies here. Right. Uh, Vic uh, Vic Del Rosario, who yeah. is the owner of Viva, has told other directors that approached him about movies, the action movies that they want to do. They said you. Take a look at this. Is your movie going to be this good? <laughs> great, great. Well, best of luck with all of that, and do uh, yeah, do keep us posted. Any other future projects or anything that you're working on as well? I'm keeping something on the mum for now, but if it comes to fruition, it's another dream come true. Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention because I read an interview with you, and you were saying there's a project you were planning with Mark Dacascos, but I guess now since John Wick three happened and Wu Assassins has happened, so uh, I, I'm guessing that that project is is sort of on ice at the moment. Is that is, is that right? Um, we're still trying to make that happen. Yeah. It's just a, a time constriction right yeah. now because of Mark's scheduling. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we, we've been back and forth with it. Uh, uh, we're, we're still um, looking for uh, investors. Mm. But <coughs> uh, Maria is our proof of concept. 
Yeah. So when they see Maria, they'll understand, oh, wow, if they can do that with Christine Reyes, imagine what you can do with Mark DePasco. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And I mean, because you, you did finally, you worked with Mark, didn't you, on Showdown in Manila, which was his first, that was his big uh, directorial debut. So, uh, yeah. so that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like Mark is, is very much a, a, a big brother figure to me. Yeah. And yeah. he's one of my very good friends. Um, you know, when you asked me way back in the day, how did you feel about Mark's stuff taking off and what did you want to do? There was a point when Mark said, hey, you know, Sonny, I got these things down in, down the pipeline. Would you want to double me? And I said, um, <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm, I'm trying to go out and do the acting thing myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that I regret it. You know, yeah, but do you, you, do, you didn't regret Do you regret I that? <laughs> I don't. No. I don't. Ultimately, I don't because... I, I wouldn't take back any of the experiences I've gone through to get where I'm at today. It might have taken longer, yeah. but it just gives me that much more appreciation for the work I've had to do in order to get where I'm at now. And if you've known Mark for so many years, you must be so happy with what's he's finally now. It does seem to be getting the recognition for you know the hard work that he has put in over uh, over the years. I, I can't I can't say enough how ecstatic I am for him. Yeah. Um, Mark was the one who told me that he got it. And uh, I, I, just inside, I felt like I was the one who got it just because he got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, that's nice. So I'm really happy for him and, and that our, our friendship over the years has gotten stronger. Um, as we've grown older and, and as we've got wiser and, you know, Mark has, has really taken a, a uh, responsibility to recognizing his heritage Mm -hmm. uh, being part Filipino mm -hmm. and wanting to do something uh, that showcases the country and its culture as well. Yeah. So I'm proud that he's embraced that too. Well, we look forward to you guys working together again. Fingers crossed, yeah. buddy. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Sonny. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Sonny Sisson there. Really good to talk to Sonny. I do hope you enjoyed listening to that. Sonny's new film is called Maria. It is available now on Netflix. We've got a review of the film on the website now. If you want to go to kungfumovieguide.com to see what we thought about that movie, you can keep up to date with all the latest Sonny Sisson news by following him on Instagram. We wish him all the best for those upcoming projects that he mentioned particularly that project potentially working with his buddy Mark Dacascos that would be great which reminds me John Wick 3 is now out at every cinema near you and I can't wait to see it personally I've not actually seen it yet so uh, I am very much looking forward to seeing that movie I've heard very good things and particularly Mark Dacascos' role within it I know that he's playing John Wick's main adversary in the movie if you are a john wick fan then i will just quickly plug an older episode of this show um, where i spoke to the film's fight choreographer jj perry that was back when chapter two came out so it was a few years ago now but it's worth a revisit if you do want to learn a bit more about how they put those great fight scenes together in the john wick series so yeah go back and check 
that episode out. I will be away over the next week or so. I'm going on holiday. I'll be in Barcelona, which I'm excited about. But uh, that means that the next episode won't be out for another few weeks or so. But um, keep a lot to our social media channels and I will let you know when the next episode lands and from then on normal business will resume you can of course keep up to date with all the latest martial arts movie news and reviews by continuing to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram okay thank you so much to george dennis for his ongoing technical support thank you to sunny sisson for taking the time out to talk to me and a really big thank you of course to you the loyal foo follower wherever you are in the world listening to this thank you so much i will be back soon with another episode of the kung fu movie guide podcast until then do take care and i will see you next time bye for now planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.